0: On today's Cinemaxtic, it's time for our top 10 of 2018. That's right, the time has finally come to hear our top movies of the past year and just where we rank them. There are sure to be a few surprises and definitely movies you're going to want to catch up on in 2019. It's time to dive in. This is (laughs) Cinemaxtic. And hello! Welcome to episode 11 of the Cinemaxtic Podcast, our first ever event podcast of sorts. It's a uh, top 10 day, a eh? top 10 of 2018, as you may have been hinted at uh by the title role there, that we were going to do that. So, we're very excited to discuss our top ten and rank them. And this is something we do um, every year, but this is the first time we're we're really going to discuss it on a uh, podcast. So, quite excited, quite quite excited. Uh, across the table from me is my comrade, as always, Tanner Rush. How are we doing today, buddy? Doing better. Doing better. He, you're, uh, you're recovering it's been from real, those meds. Real
1: doozy of a week.
0: Yeah, it's. It uh, sounds like it has been been uh, doing a lot of nervous sweats and yeah. and some some anxiousness, and it's good to see you. you doing better now that you're off those yep. um, those hard drugs. Tim, <laughs> on my right, doctor Whoa. prescribed medication
1: <laughs> to fight a sinus infection, you the can opioid epidemic. You can't see. <laughs> you can't see
2: Tanner right now, but he's doing the air quotes.
1: That's not. That's a dirty lie. Oh, my left ear went out. Not yeah, good. for a
0: second, I'm back. Um, and to my right, as always, Tim Reichmuth. Welcome back to the podcast, my friend. Uh, you have a good week leading up to this so far.
2: Yeah, it's been uh, been very good. He's doing been, the shock and cool.
0: He's doing a little Hawaii.
2: I'm on a, vibes action. I'm on my second beer right now. I'm 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 ready to do this.
0: Good. Unfortunately, uh, Chuck couldn't be with us today because he uh, he has not seen enough movies <laughs> in 2018 to uh, list the top 10. So he decided he wanted to sit out this one. Uh, so uh, Chuck's gonna be back next week on on the podcast, and I'm sure he'll maybe have a few few films. He'd, who would recommend for 2018 and as always on the ones and twos we have our boy Jay cats uh who's who's gonna be rocking it out for us so that's really really nice um before we dive into this podcast today, because it's going to be an extra long one, you definitely want to settle in, get comfy, it's going to be perfect for your commute back and forth from work, perfect for lunch on Friday. Uh, it's going to be gorgeous, because we're recording this on a Wednesday to have this ready for you on Friday, so um, I, I think you're really going to enjoy it, but before we go all the way into this episode, I want to mention next week's podcast, we're going to have a really exciting thing. One, Chuck is going to be back. Two, we're going to have a guest call in for the first time, we're going to have a a guest segment Uh, my friend Brianna who was at Sundance this year she was there for the entire festival as far as I know and saw a uh, a treasure trove of films that will not be out until uh, later in 2019 Um, and she's gonna have a lot of suggestions and recommendations for movies to look out for she saw just a bunch of them and I'm excited to hear her take and it's gonna be a really nice segment so definitely watch out for that uh, on next week's episode, episode 12, um, as well as a new force vision and a new, the common room episode as well, uh, coming at you next week, we, er, around next week, we're just not going to do anything this week to promote this top 10 thing. So, uh, be, uh, be on the lookout for that.
2: Um, can, can I ask you, can I ask you a question real quick? Yep. Uh, do, do we have a winner
0: for the prize? Uh, nope. Those toys are still sitting in my car. Oh, I uh, forgot about that. You know, if know, right? uh, if anyone wants to claim those alien toys, <laughs> you literally have to do two things. You just have to follow us on Instagram and share us to your Facebook page. That's all you have to do. You know, I see tons of shares of random random stuff on people's Facebook pages. Mm-hmm. Just share it. You know, just
2: just do it. Just. <laughs> do it. It's it's almost a crime not sharing this podcast with all your friends. But
0: really, all you have to do is <laughs> really all you have to do is follow us on Instagram and then send us a screenshot of the the podcast you shared to your Facebook wall or Twitter and uh, that gets you an entry and uh, you'll probably win. It does seem like we don't have many alien fans so far in our in our listening uh, audience because they are alien toys. Again, there are these two little vinyl toys in box exclusive uh, from Loot Crate, I believe. Um, And it's a Ripley and and a Xenomorph uh, uh, little vinyl figures, so they're kind of cool. So you can still enter for that as well. We'll have another giveaway um, that might be more enticing uh, before long. Um, As you all know, uh, a huge DC fan I am, there's a lot of DC movie news that I don't want to put off till next week. I want to get into it now. So before we do our top ten, it's time to introduce a new segment that <laughs> that might be <laughs> just a one-off segment for today, and it's called uh, the DC <coughs> blues. Blues.
1: DC blues. Oh. DC blues. Aww. I feel blue talking about DC. <laughs> I,
0: we came up with that title right then, then in here. It's time for the DC blues segment, boys. Lots of DC news out there in the uh, in the in the world today. Let's start with the first thing. First things first, that came this week, and that is the Birds of Prey uh, marketing campaign, I suppose, kicked off this week with a, uh, a, a snap of Margot Robbie in her Harley Quinn getup. Uh posted it to her Instagram, and it said, Miss me, with a little kissy face emoji. Uh, and, boy, did I. Am I right, boys? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, followed shortly after that was a teaser, a little teaser snippet of a bunch of screen tests, costume tests of virtually all of the main characters that are going to be in Birds of Prey. We got to look at Victor Zazz, the Gotham serial killer. We got to look at Black Mask being played by uh, Ewan McGregor. We got to look at Black Canary. We got to look at Huntress, and we got to look at... uh, uh, what's her name uh, Cassandra Kane a young Cassandra Kane and uh Montoya and of course uh, the, the detective Montoya and of course we finished it off with a look at uh, Harley Quinn which uh, of her skating around it, it the the teaser kind of had a very interesting vibe to it I'm, I don't know if that's really what the the tone is going to be throughout the movie but the, it yeah uh, it's kind of coming off like indie cult classic
1: it had a Pretty big um, Harmony Corinne vibe to me. Harmony Corrine. Um, Okay, so Spring Breakers. Mm. Oh yeah, probably yeah. the most mainstream air quotes movie he's done. Although I don't think too many people really dug that one. Uh, he's done just a lot of weird independent uh, films. Okay, yeah, it, it that's
0: so I don't know. It was like the music and the way it was being shot is like this seems like it's gonna be like very indie influenced. But again, this is literally like the first glimpse we've gotten of the birds of prey movie so expect big changes i'm sure as the uh, movie progresses and is being made uh but it was interesting it was it was very interesting uh, what did you guys think of that little snippet uh tim
2: uh i only saw the the screenshot i didn't realize they released a video
0: yeah they released a like it's like a, literally a 60 second video and it, when I say it shows off the characters, it literally shows them for maybe a half second and shows Harley Quinn the most. Um, they just kind of flash through them. And you can go. Gee,
1: that's weird that they'd focus so much on Harley I, Quinn.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You'd. Well, it's. it's I understand. And there's a
1: film titled Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn.
0: I actually kind of dig that title. I don't know why. I, I don't. I do. I think it's, it's too long. Harley
1: Quinn is not traditionally one of the birds of
0: prey. She's not going to be a birds of prey. She's definitely Ooh. a Gotham City siren. But this is going to be—it's it, going to be like
2: Suicide Squad, where Suicide Squad, where Jared Leto, Joker has like a what five minute appearance.
1: Yeah, I think we did this joke
3: already.
0: What? Uh, oh yeah, he may he may show up in it. Who yeah. knows? I I wouldn't be surprised. I well the thing is that I think is cool is that they're blending these characters together from different movies, which is nice because you know Gotham City is a big city, but they have very relevant characters in them. Harley Quinn being one of them, Batgirl being one of them. Huntress uh, comes and goes through Gotham, and is Batgirl in it? Batgirl has not been announced for it. Um, which is weird because so the girl who's being rescued is Cassandra Kane. Cassandra Kane is a very young girl in this, and she's a I believe she's Hispanic, uh, Asian heritage. And um, is she a Batgirl? Yes, she is a oh, Batgirl okay. at one point, but she's a, a little girl in this movie. So, I mean, I hope we get Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, in this because I, I just love Barbara Gordon, Batgirl. That's one of my favorite characters. Uh, so I would love to see her in this uh, uh if some, in some capacity um but so far really the birds of prey are, are gonna be just huntress and black canary um which is yeah it's kind of it's kind of interesting um black canary is one of my favorite characters too and she comes from a city called uh, depending on what you read starling city or starling city is also known really as seattle in the dc universe as well um and you get a a quick glimpse of the character playing her. She's gonna be a singer in the movie. It looks like uh, you don't really get too much of her costume, but really all they have to do to get her costume right is you know make sure she has bleach blonde hair. Really is uh, not even bleach blonde. Just blonde hair, uh, which black canary wears a blonde wig to cover her real hair that's part of her costume and of course she has to wear a leather jacket and the fishnet stockings because that's just that's her classic character
1: didn't look like the fishnets were there
0: it didn't but looking back at it it looks like she's in a dress so i don't know if it's i don't know if this is like just her singing persona and not really her black canary persona uh so i'm excited to see what as the costumes go along, there's no doubt Harley Quinn is going to have like at least nine costumes in this movie. I sure. think they're really going to play around with her canon and play around with the, the different costumes you see in the canon with Harley Quinn. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm just a DC nerd, so I love to see these characters. But as I was telling you earlier, I'm curious to see what like Black Canary is really going to look like because. In the cartoons and in the and the you know the animated movies and in the comics, Black Canary is very much so a uh, leader in the Justice League, and she doesn't seem like she would come off like that at all. Like I going to see the character who's playing Black Canary like standing next to Wonder Woman and Superman and blending right in. So it's going to be interesting to see how her costume progresses. Do you guys have any thoughts on Birds of Prey? Really, that you're interested in or uh, any any background info on the characters that you would like to see or Uh,
1: no um the editing again we talked about just it very much had that indie vibe it'd be interesting to see if that's you know part of the whole film kind of carries those indie yeah tones and stylings that'd be interesting because um you know they keep Hollywood keeps getting these smaller indie directors to do these big budget films, but then they never really feel like, um, indie or really artsy. Um, I would argue the only time we've actually seen that sort of carryover was with the last Jedi and, uh, to mixed results. But I'd like to see a superhero film with, uh, an indie, like an kind indie of an film. indie flair to it.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I, I again, if the little trailer there is to be believed, it would seem like it's going to take some sort of indie tone. Um,
1: so, I'm excited for Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I like her in just about everything. So, yeah, and mm-hmm. it's
0: it's very interesting because Mary Elizabeth Winstead and uh, Ewan McGregor are dating as well. That's one of the main reasons yeah, that people yeah, think yeah, Ewan yeah. signed on. Because Mary Elizabeth Win said, like, "Hello uh, there." Persuaded him. Yeah, hello there. He's become such a meme now, though, that I don't know if I can ever take him seriously as any other character. That's I'm joking, of course. He's either. a great actor. He's a great actor.
1: He's a really good
2: actor. Fantastic, Amazing. Christopher Robin. By the way,
0: <sighs> I can only imagine. Movie. Older Christopher <laughs> Robin. Yes. Mister. Mo- yes. Christopher yes. Robin. Mr. Fur- <laughs> <laughs> Moving on uh, from Birds of Prey, uh, we got another little uh, little snippet of news recently and that was for the uh batman beyond animated movie uh there is apparently a batman beyond animated movie in development that is meant for wide theatrical release this is going to be one of those that uh, one of the dc uh, dc animated universe movies this is going to be a full-on animated movie that you would expect would probably take heavy inspiration from uh, into the spider-verse if they were smart at all they should take heavy inspiration
1: uh, for those who go ahead I, I believe that was what – it's kind of the speculation is that this is more or less Warner Brothers' answer to sure. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse.
0: Yep. Sorry, I'm messing with the mics. Um, there is uh, – the, the for those who don't know, Batman Beyond is uh, a, a futuristic take on Batman. It's a, a retired Bruce Wayne who is a very old Bruce Wayne like in his 70s at this point. And he is uh, recru- he has recruited a young man named Terry McGinnis to take up the role uh, take up the mantle of Batman. Um, now this is like futuristic to the point where it's like not believable like the progress that has been made in the world from when Batman retired to, to the future we're in right now. Like apparently in 40 years since Bruce Wayne hung up the mantle of Batman, we have progressed. The same amount we would in like 7,000 years because there's flying cars and it's a neo noir looking city. Yeah. Very Star Wars
1: esque. Um, very optimistic um, take on technology. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the same time, it's still Gotham. Like, yeah. Completely crime ridden. Like yeah. nothing's really changed.
0: Oh, and it's awesome. Anyone who watched the cartoon show, which if you haven't, you should, it's a freaking amazing cartoon Some show. Some
1: dope um, slang in that. Like, shway
0: yo i remember shway Twip. oh that's totally shway yeah, yeah dude I How,
1: that. dude if this movie can bring shway into yeah the uh vernacular i'm, I'm <laughs> i'd be so excited that'd be great can't tell you the amount of times they've said shway and it's meant nothing to people <laughs>
0: They're like, what the hell is your problem? Um, I would love to, I would love to see this, though, especially if they do take inspiration from Into the Spider-Verse. The city would look beautiful, all these neon red and pinks and different colors from those futuristic Gotham I mean, and a red and black Batman flying around. It would just be awesome.
1: If, if this is sort of their answer to Into the Spider-Verse, I mean, other than just being a very stylized animated film... I feel like that's where it should stop. This Batman should not be like silly. No, no. Especially Batman Beyond was pretty edgy, which I know like current internet culture like edgy things get made fun of pretty hard. Edgy's not cool anymore. We're we're way out of the '90s and early 2000s. But
0: hey, in that in a crossover episode with Justice League Unlimited and Batman Beyond, Batman Beyond straight up dies, and Bruce Wayne watches him die, and he goes, "Derry." Dairy. it's it's terrible. He literally gets killed. He gets yeah. like ripped in half, and then like in a cartoon show for kids. Of course, you don't see it. You just hear him screaming, and then it just oh, Bruce God. cries out, "Derry, pretty uh, yeah. yeah, it's pretty gruesome, man. Oh. It's, a, it's it's a very serious take on Batman. I loved that show as a kid. Oh man, I love it too.
1: I honestly would rather see this. Okay, so this was kind of an emotional roller coaster when I saw this headline earlier. It was like Batman Beyond movie. Mm-hmm. Like, hell yeah. yeah. It's like animated. It was like, oh no. <laughs> and then, but for theaters. And it's like, okay. Yeah, that could <laughs> like, turn out.
0: Because I was getting, I was kind of getting uh, hooked on the idea of, uh, of a. Uh, live-action Batman Beyond yeah. with uh,
1: Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton as, being that would be oh. so good. Yes. That would be
0: amazing. Oh my God, people would go nuts for that. Uh, can I would I, love that.
1: Can I tell you something, fam? Yeah, go ahead. Go for it. The 1989 Michael Keaton Batman oh, film. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's my favorite Batman
0: oh. film. Oh. It's my
1: favorite one. I'm not saying it's the best, but it's my favorite one. Okay,
0: well that's fine. You could say it's your favorite
1: Jack one. Jack Nicholson's Joker is top tier.
0: It's good. It's not. Hey, it's not a Heath Ledger, but it's good. It's good. Batman Very Begins. i have to. I'd have to concur with that.
1: Yeah. Um. But
0: that's that's fine. Um. I don't feel like Batman, uh, 1989,
1: holds up. Uh. I think it does. <laughs> we should. We should have a poll. We I. Should. We should. I bought the. Um, we could do that. That Batman box set on Blu-ray just mm-hmm. to have a copy of Batman 1989. So.
0: I'm actually gonna do a let's, Facebook poll. Does Batman 1989
2: hold Let's up? uh, rank rank your Batmans by actors. Oh, okay. Um, so I've been having discussions with people at work about this. Uh, that's, My number one. And a lot of people may not agree. I don't know. Kevin Conroy. Christian, I was gonna say Christian Bale. Oh. Yeah. It's definitely not George Clooney.
0: Um. Yeah. You know what's funny? George Clooney he, right off the bat seems like Dude, he's the perfect fit for Batman. Have he's cool. You,
1: he's hot. Which that's Batman and Robin, right? Yeah. 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 Have you watched that recently?
2: It's been a while. Or
1: at all. His George Clooney just has this look on his face. The entire movie just this kind of smirk like he knows how dumb this all is and like he's I don't almost like he's Drunk and like trying to not look drunk.
0: Well he signed up and then he's like, you know what, I've made a terrible mistake when he read in the script Bruce <laughs> Batman whips out his bat credit card to pay for a bill. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh god. So
1: unfortunately uh, I own that movie as well. It, since it's part of
2: that. No set, shame. But no shame, Tanner.
1: Here's um
2: You know what, Michael Keaton I'd say he's my number two.
0: Um Okay, so for me, uh, my number one Batman of all time is Christian Bale. It's Christian Bale. Uh, And then after that, Ben Affleck. Really? And then after that, Michael Keaton. Then after that, um, Val Kilmer. And then George Clooney.
1: If we're opening it up to voice actors... Oh. As well, than Kevin Conroy. Kevin is Conroy like is definitive, the Batman. definitive Batman voice. He will always yeah. be Batman. He
0: is the number one. If you open up to animated, it's number one, no doubt, no yeah. doubt about it. He is iconic. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm still making this Facebook poll. Uh, let's see.
1: Anyways, um,
0: um well, let's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, the host isn't paying attention. Sorry. Still with us, Max? But yeah, uh, there's a. Uh, what were we talking about? So the Batman Beyond. Batman so, yes. yes. Batman Beyond. I <laughs> I've lost track. I've lost track. You can't would, do this again. I would like I would like to see that. So uh, that's that. That's the Batman Beyond movie news. Definitely take a look at that. Now, moving on again. We got a, finally, uh, which is very, it's weird how this happens. Like, I feel like when fans really start to notice that, wow, it's been a, a minute since we've gotten any news on the Batman Uh things start to happen i literally texted my friend drew about five days ago or not even that like three days ago it said are we ever going to hear anything about the batman ever again and he in weird jokes like probably not well of course today we get a interview that dropped with matt reeves and uh tanner tell us uh, tell us about that matt reeves interview
1: So I didn't read it. Okay, (laughs) good. All right. I just saw the Reddit post. But uh, just specifically mentioning that it's going to be more of a noir detective film. Ooh, I like that. Which is cool. Getting back to uh, the Batman roots. Uh, You know, he's the world's greatest detective. And uh, Ben Affleck Batman didn't really convey that, at least.
0: Mm -mm. The Facebook polls thing is great, where you can add GIFs. Yeah, that's nice. That's, that's a that's a nice little poll right there, and great GIFs for each one.
1: Um, and also uh, specifically mentioned that there's supposed to be a Rogues Gallery of villains, so more than one villain. Oh, Ooh, it's like a dude.
0: I was reading that and I started getting that giddy feeling yeah. in your stomach. You're like, oh my god, this interview keeps getting better and better. And he's like, there's gonna be a Rogues Gallery,
1: which I wonder what that means. I mean, they can overdo it, maybe. But also, again, go back to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, that had a lot of Spider-Man villains in it, and Mm -hmm. I felt like it was fine. Here's what I'm thinking.
0: So from this interview, he says, we're gonna see Batman, it's gonna be a story told squarely on his shoulders, and it's gonna be Batman in detective mode, unlike anything we've seen before, where he's gonna he's being the world's greatest detective. It's gonna be a noir style film. And he said, we're gonna see Batman solve a crime and go piece to piece and go on this journey and overcome this and, and you know transform. And so he then he mentions that like it, the villains or is they they brought up like is casting gonna be getting soon or something, and he goes, So there's gonna be a rogues gallery. Right off the bat, Rogues Gallery. It can't mean that. Like, yeah, we're gonna have a couple villains in there. No, Rogues Gallery. When you mention Rogues Gallery, that is Clayface, Two Face, Riddler, Joker, Penguin, Catwoman, Poison Ivy, uh, Killer Croc. All these freaking awesome villains uh, that you just that everyone knows. They're iconic, iconic characters. I my prediction is that it's gonna be this huge. Huge mystery that takes place in Gotham, and he's going to have to – he'll literally go kind of like the Arkham-style games, piece by piece, run into each of these individual villains. And these villains will probably have, like, very minor parts. there will probably be one villain who's the main villain, and then there's, like – he's going to bust down the door to Two-Face's club and be like – and, you know, like, interrogate Two-Face. And then he moves on, and then he's like, you're going to have to talk to that stumpy freak in the Iceberg Lounge. And then he goes and visits a penguin dude he's going to tie all this together and it's it would be that's how i think it's going to happen he's going to have to track down all these clues and come across almost all these guys in the rogue's gallery that
2: would be that would be awesome if it if they made it like that
0: i would lose my mind cuz I think Matt Reeves finally realizes why do we have to just have one Batman villain he has so many good ones why can't we Mm -hmm. just mention them all that's fan service done well in my opinion because Batman's gonna run into all these guys when he's doing a big mystery like this he's gonna run into them in the comics and everything so it's fun to see someone take that big of a leap and do that as a director
1: it'd be nice if the movie doesn't like have to explain every single character it comes across. Oh, like I, it's just yeah. a lived in like. And
2: I believe that's going to be.
1: You just got yeah. to jump just, into it. And he
2: just walks. Go up, with the flow. He already knows who he's talking to. Yeah. Doesn't have to be like, oh, this is the Riddler.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I imagine, yeah, if, if there's anything, there might be one of them. Who, like one villain who gets like kind of an origin of some kind but everyone else already exists in that universe but like maybe the main villain has an origin of sorts because that main villain is just coming up in gotham maybe mm-hmm. but i would like to see exactly what you said an established gotham city with established villains and batman knows all of them and is and is uh uh already you know war ridden and everything of these of these guys
1: so. This has just been your keychain. It sounded like you broke the glass on that for a oh, second. Oh
0: no,
2: it was it was the keychains.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um. So that was that was really exciting. He also mentioned uh, that at the very end there, at the end of the interview, they said, um, "How involved are, are you in the other DC Universe movies?" And he goes, "Right now, I'm I'm involved in the Batman." And he mentions in it, he goes, "Aquaman's gonna be different than." Todd Phillips Joker and that's going to be different from Shazam and that's going to be different from Wonder Woman and it got me thinking I was like so is this Batman going to take place in the DCEU is going to take place in that universe he's clarified before that it will in the past but now it's well, coming off like he's not sticking to
1: there that. was some talk a week or two ago like they were maybe we brought this up last week I don't remember but um, like that they're kind of abandoning not the DCEU but the idea of the idea of it having to all connect and this interview seems to reinforce that that they're just they're more concerned with having good movies first rather than and and i'm trying to weave this tapestry
0: sure and i'm totally okay with that because what i love is each movie you know has its own thing i would love little references to the overall universe or at least that the films pay attention to the canon that's being established so they're not just like totally wiping away a story that happened in the other movies where these characters were together i'm okay with these separate movies i would like to see you know each have their own separate thing and then they come together in different movies that call for it um but it's interesting because, like, I was like, "Does he know that Todd Phillips' Joker movie is completely not in the DCEU? Because he was like comparing Shazam and Aquaman to that, how different those are going to be. And I'm like, "Well, duh!" Because Todd Phillips' Joker isn't in well the DCU. Maybe so.
1: that's just a a moot point now.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's interesting because, uh, yeah. I, also, I wonder if if Matt Reeves is going to hang on to Ben Affleck as Batman, and if he's going to hang on to, I mean. I, is he going to hang on to Jared Leto as a Joker? Because, please no. Man, I don't think... Well, Jared Leto is a great actor. And the,
1: sure. Yeah, but he needs good
0: writing and good Joker direction.
1: Joker is no good. No. They'll
0: have to... Well, one of the rumor is it's going to take place in the past, and you could undo everything that was done to him. No tattoos, no stupid grill. He could just be oh, the Joker. Oh, they the grill. They, they, can, uh, they can really do him right with Matt Reeves. And how, if you're a director of a Batman movie... How are you going to keep your hands off the Joker? Like, how are you not going to include the freaking Joker in your Batman movie? Like, if you're a Batman fan at all, how are you just going to be like, no, we can't have him? He has but to if be in, if in, they're in they're some capacity. If they're wanting to make
2: multiple Batmans, they're not going to introduce the main villain with the first one. I mean, kind of like Nolan. Well, they
0: like, a, well, they could do a rogues gallery and introduce all these villains, and then each villain has their own main their main story in different in a trilogy or something like that. You never know.
1: But it, I think it's fine with so many other characters to share the spotlight Yeah, um, for a film. Right.
0: Yeah, and then there was, I felt like there was one other bit. So casting is going to begin soon, he said. That's starting soon. Um, so I'm very excited uh, to see that because that means we're going to start getting some, some villains and whatnot, uh, and we're going to know who's playing who. Um, but there was one other thing uh, that I wanted to see from his interview. Um
2: Ooh. So so Ben Affleck tweeted fifty two minutes ago saying excited to see excited for the Batman in summer twenty twenty one and to see Matt Reeves LA vision come to life.
0: You're bullshitting me. Right
2: here.
1: That doesn't really What mean anything?
2: No, I know, but Hold on. Max got a reaction I, I, out of I it. I gotta see
0: this. I gotta see this for myself. This is happening live on Cinemaxic. This is a lot. This, is, this is a podcast first. <laughs> this is breaking news. <laughs> this is being recorded. Oh, God. Confir- New Batman release date confirms Ben Affleck's departure.
1: Wah, yep. wah, wah,
0: However, the movie will focus on a younger Batman, meaning Ben Affleck will not be playing the Cape Crusader. The Batman to fly is... What the hell? Deadline Hollywood. It's true. Yep. It's supposed to be, Bruce is supposed to be much younger.
2: And I'm okay with that.
0: Big Batman news today confirming yes, Affleck has left the role. And yes, it released December 2021. And yes, it has multiple villains, not just two. And yes, it's a young Batman. And yes, casting has not started yet, but will get underway soon. And oh yes, more info will be coming soon. Oh God. Ben Affleck has hung up the cowboys of Batman. This is a live oh. reaction oh, man. for a recorded I podcast. I am
2: <laughs> I am so upset right now.
1: It will be um, Harley Quinn as Batman. They'll have Harley Quinn dress up as Batman. That's, that's you know
0: you know what I'll probably they'll probably do is because Matt Reeves didn't. That's probably gonna actually that's this is good. This Batman movie is gonna be set in the DCEU it's not going to have anything really affecting it because it's so much younger than today's Batman. It's going to be like a 20-something-year-old Batman. So he doesn't have to worry about any you know, connectivity or canon. Um, he just has to maybe, I would say he would probably cast uh, uh, the same Commissioner Gordon, probably cast the same Alfred. You'd have to, uh, and keep it in the DCU. You don't have to. And then no, the other, none of the other Batman villains have been cast, so they could keep it in the DCU. And have it be a much younger Batman. And then, you know, maybe Ben Affleck signed on to do older Batman roles. So, like, you know, any future Justice League movie will have Batman or something. I
1: I don't believe he'll come back. Yeah, I know. This
0: whole thing's a mess. I don't know what's going to happen <laughs> to the DCU. I mean, we don't have Batman anymore, for Christ's sake. What the hell is happening right now? But it's okay. I'm excited to see it. This is good. Um, And also, just to let you all know, that movie, The Batman, is coming out on May. Wait, For sure. It is coming out...
1: They could. This is the June. chance to get Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, Chalamet. Yes. Chal- that's what I was gonna As say. As Batman. Yeah.
0: Yep. Have you seen his stature? Yeah, we talked about this. He last also looks week. like he's sixteen. I <laughs> know.
2: That's a good young <laughs> oh, Batman. Oh, you're joking. Yes. Oh, I
0: forgot about that. I forgot about that uh but With yes like a helmet that's three times <laughs> it's too like big. bobbling around yeah on whenever his head. he turns his head he kind of spins <laughs> he, he, he like lands and his mask comes down over his face and he has to lift it back up uh, uh, <laughs> the batman releases in theaters june 25th 2021 and finally one last little dc nugget here suicide squad 2 has also got a solid release date and that is going to be coming out on August sixth, twenty twenty one. So, a shortly, like about a month after the Batman releases, so will Suicide Squad two, and most importantly, DC Super Pets will be opening May twenty first, twenty twenty one. So, oh boy, that's what I'm uh, most excited that's, for. We've got a lot of great, a lot of great stuff going on. So, that is gonna do it for our <laughs> DC segment. That went just as long as I hoped it would, cause I, you know, I love me some DC news. So today has been uh, a bountiful harvest for me. <laughs> Um, as they say. Um, So that's going to do it. Boys, any other comments you want to say about the DC Universe? Uh...
2: I wish it would end.
1: Uh Well, kind of. It has. Sort of. Yeah. A little.
2: But completely.
0: I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with Batman in the future. Because if they're going to do Justice League movies in the future, are they going to have this younger guy age up to play Bruce Wayne? Or are they going to have Ben Affleck play Bruce Wayne in these future movies? I don't want to see the DCE. This is like, I, you never know when these universes are going to come again. So this might be done. This might be it. We might
1: never have another shot at this. Um, they should do um, Andy Serkis playing a CGI mocap Batman. That would be, an, um, mm. yeah, just an
0: unbelievable. Speaking of CGI mocap, I tried to watch Warcraft, and then I stopped. Oh, yeah. Then I stopped. Um, I'll try and give it another shot tonight, It's a maybe. little
1: longer. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: The CGI ranges from wow, that's really good on the close up to wow, that is terrible from far away.
1: It's uh the film's inconsistent. Oh. To oh. say the least. To say the least it is.
0: Also it was really funny to see like these like 17-year-old looking boys that are super skinny in these giant ass like pieces of
1: armor. Yeah. The <laughs> armor so... did not translate very well.
0: If you're going to do it have like big dudes in it, but this guy was like, you know, tiny and he's like, my lord and he has huge freaking like gauntlet like thing. <laughs> it just yeah. looked goofy. It doesn't look really goofy. For sure. Alright, boys. It's time to move on to the big event of this podcast. The big event. The first event of the Cinemaxic podcast. That's right. It is time for our top ten of twenty eighteen. Okay, so for our top 10, what we're going to do here is we're going to do the old snake. We're going to start with our number 10 film of the year. Uh, We're going to start. We'll go ahead and just start with me, and then we'll go to Tanner. Of course we'll start with you. And then we're saving the best for last. And then we'll go to Tim. And we're going to go share each of our favorites, uh, each of our uh, top 10 One by one and discuss them and really uh, just get into some of these movies. What I really hope, obviously, is it's exciting to rank these movies, and I'm I'm hoping there's going to be some good surprises in there. On top of that, I hope you leave with uh, some movies that you maybe never heard of or movies that you were interested in but feel like you need to give another shot because of it. Um, So without further ado, boys, it's time to dive in to our top 10 of 2018 and starting out with number 10 for me, is a little ditty I like to call Blockers. The comedy...
1: Wow. Yeah. Bold.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the comedy um, from uh, K Cannon. Oh. You're good. I'm on oh, oh, levels. Oh, you're just on your level, yeah. The it's comedy a, a from uh, sandwich, K though. Cannon uh, starring uh, John Cena and Ike Barinholtz. But... Here's why it's in my top 10, and here's why it's my number 10 movie of the year. I laughed very, very hard at many, many scenes in this movie. I don't know if it was just my kind of comedy. I usually go into comedies very um, – I go into comedies expecting the worst usually because I just very rarely do I walk away thinking, man, that was so funny, Blockers was one of them I just I just really 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 enjoyed. Um, I thought there was great chemistry between the leads and the cast. I thought the story was very nostalgic to just to watch. I, it just it gives you that nostalgic feeling that I I really love. It's it's almost a coming of age film in sorts um, presented as a just straight up comedy, um, and I I just really really enjoyed it. Um, I, it's funny because. I know a lot of people who hate this movie, or don't hate it, they just didn't think it was any fun, or didn't think it was any good, but I thought it was so good, uh, and I saw it three times in theaters. You, wait, That's
1: you saw it three times? The comedy. Yeah. Wow. Three times in theaters.
0: Yep, I saw it by myself first time, and then I saw it with Tim and Tea Time the second yep. time, and then the third time, uh, Paige wanted to see it, and I was like... Yeah, let's go see it because mm. I I thought it was that funny and that good. It just is a it's a feel good comedy. Um, great great leads, great chemistry, uh, coming of age. You know everything I really liked in movies is in this, and I thought the jokes were spot on for me. I thought they were very very funny. Um, so yeah, guys, Blockers, my top ten. Um, did you all see Blockers at all? I have not.
2: Yeah, no, I saw it with you. I I agree. It was um. I guess what what was that? Nothing.
1: nothing oh yeah, nothing. of course. No, I no, already no, nothing, I, I, nothing.
0: I I asked. I, he went and saw it with me. Of course he saw it. Yes. Uh,
2: uh no, I I, I agree. It, it was one of those movies that I I did not expect a lot out of it. Uh but I really enjoyed it. It was it was hilarious. The cast went really well together. Yeah. Um a lot of laugh out loud moments. It's it's definitely a good watch. And
0: John Cena is hilarious to, is. to me. Could His, you,
1: could you see him in the movie?
0: I couldn't. It was just a floating, shirt. Yeah. Uh, but it was man, was he 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 just has such great comedic chops to him I, his facial expressions mm-hmm. and his the line delivery is hysterical alone. And actually, I think he's the he's not not actually. he is the funniest part of the movie. yeah, um he is just it shows that he's actually a much more versatile actor than people give him credit for. And I think that John Cena zoants. Is upon us. Uh, very much. Oh yeah, he's in Bumblebee. M- yeah, and uh, he got cast. In, uh The Rock is producing this movie and cast John Cena as the lead. He's starting to have like his rock moment where he's starting to get a bunch of roles. I don't think he will ever fully commit to. The, I don't think anyone will ever fully commit to what Dwayne Johnson does on his you know promotions and whatnot. But uh, yeah, he's just great. If, if anything, go see Blockers for John Cena. Uh, but it's a great it's a great movie to watch with friends. Can't recommend enough, and that's why it lands my top ten. Uh, Tanner, what's your number 10?
1: My number 10. And this I agonized over this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, I'm only going to talk about one of these movies because I have a feeling the other one might come up on someone else's list. Um, but it was sort of a tie between um, Bad Times at the El Royale mm-hmm. and Overlord. I'm giving the edge to Overlord. Okay. Um, yeah. believe I talked about this in one of the first episodes. Uh, well,
0: You talked about it several times, uh, I think.
1: Yeah, it's just a fun, pulpy, World War II kind of horror crossover film. Um, it just had a lot of fun in theater while watching it. Riot Russell, who is um, Kurt Russell's son, is in it. He's fantastic. Uh, he's he's kind of just like Kurt Russell, but um, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot, lot of, of fun A lot of fun World War II actioner. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I haven't seen this, so I, I have nothing to add. I just know it's produced uh, by J.J. Uh, J. Abrams. Number. At first, a lot of people thought it was going up being in the Cloverfield universe because it was one of those movies that J.J. J. Abrams' Bad Robot Company uh, picked up the rights to kind of late in the production, I believe, and... Uh, uh, or at least like late in the pre-production, and uh, some people, and I believe it was originally supposed to be a Cloverfield movie, and they ended. It up- was
1: rumored, although looking when you look at the finished film, it's kind of hard to see how they would have yeah. tied it in. Unless they I'm should, just, like, they would have found a
0: way, I yeah. guess, but. Yeah, yeah. They could have said like the spores from like the alien or turning people's zombie or something. Like but yeah, no, it would have been it would have been anymore. interesting. It uh, takes place obviously in the past too, from all the other Cloverfield movies. It's true. But it was interesting to see that kind of decide. It seemed seemingly decided to not be Cloverfield and went in the direction of being um, of being a uh, uh, just its own straight Either. up Stayed horror or, thriller. Yeah, even yeah. if
1: you take out the horror elements, it's just a straight up compelling action film yeah mm-hmm. um, i need to give it a shot and the I horror can... parts that's just a little bit of, a little bit of spice on top
0: yeah. and it had a great poster that poster of the blood drops that were looked like parachuters yeah that one was, was a lot of great marketing
1: for the mm-hmm. film yeah um the promotional material at
0: least yeah tim what do we got for your number 10
2: yeah so my number 10 is american animals um again we we i mean we went in depth last week but I really enjoyed the film, the way they combined a documentary with a movie, uh, incorporated the actual people into scenes throughout the movie and just kind of get the different perspectives, especially how they differed throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a really good story. They put it together very well to keep you interested, um, as well as kind of telling you, I guess you could say the truth of what actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: And man, Evan Peters, man, uh, he needs to get, I I think he needs to get a new agent because he is not enough. The guy is sensational. He is sensational in this movie. So, so good. Uh, It's so convincing of who he is as a character and it just, it's, it's unbelievable. He is just so good in everything I've seen him in Um, and he, he wasn't, he yeah, definitely didn't hold back at all with this one either. Just very, very, very good. Uh, you see this movie, Tanner?
1: I have not seen it yet. Yeah. Uh, I remember oh, you yeah. talking about it last mm-hmm. week, but yeah. it, nope, I have not seen it yet. Yeah.
0: That's because Tim doesn't have a profile picture on his letterbox, and I thought that was you who didn't have a profile picture. No. So. Oh I, I got let,
2: that Batman. Let me let me fix that go for ahead. you. Yeah, report.
0: go ahead and do that. But yeah, that's uh, American Animals is a great movie, so I'm glad that landed in your top ten. Yep. Um, for Now we're moving on to number nine. Our number nine movie Number nine. Of 2018. Nine. Number nine for me was a little, little independent film called Leave No Trace. Uh, Leave No Trace is the story of a father and a daughter who have lived in the wilderness, in the woods, their entire life. Uh, especially the girl, basically from birth, has lived in the woods with her father. And uh, just kind of a study of what their lives would be like day in and day out. It is a phenomenal movie. The uh, the performances in this are impeccable. And I I said this in the group, but the very fact that Thomas N. McKenzie, the 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 actress who plays the girl in this, did not get nominated for anything this award season is is criminal. Is absolutely criminal in my opinion because she is unbelievable in this movie. She is so good, so good. And uh, Deborah Granick, who is the director, um, I know there was some you know uproar, some you know things about not a woman director not being nominated. But if there were were to be one this year, I'd have to think it would have to be Deborah Granick because it is unbelievable. And it's 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 crazy that this movie didn't get a lot of notoriety because it's sitting at hundred percent Rotten Tomatoes with two hundred and two reviews. It's, I mean that's unbelievable it's it's reviewed incredibly well and the audience score is really good for it as well um but thomason was great and ben foster who's been in several films but the most notable one recently is uh is that uh shoot what is this? the western with chris pine uh and uh, jeff daniels the bank robbing one um you mean jeff bridges, jeff heller, bridges. heller high water heller high yeah, water yeah, he, he plays yeah. he was great in that too um so mm-hmm. ben foster is a phenomenal actor
1: yeah he's just one of those actors, he's been around forever. Yeah. Um, I think like the first thing I saw him in was probably X Men Three: The Last Stand oh, as yeah. Angel. Oh yeah. Angel. Oh god. Oh yeah. yeah. This just he doesn't do anything in that movie, but it's like this guy's like a compelling actor, and mm. every once in a while you'll see him in a small part, and he just hasn't really taken off. Yeah. I mean, people who, who appreciate that yeah. kind of thing like we know who ben foster is right but right. like he's not like a a household name but yeah absolutely not um but man he which he, is a shame yeah
0: it is but man he is he is so good in this and him and Thomason together uh a great great co uh, two great leads for this film and you have to go see leave no trace it's on streaming services on amazon prime because um, it's a prime original actually um and man, is it good. So definitely check that out. A very, very powerful drama uh, that I think is easily one of the best movies of the year. And that's
1: my number nine. Tanner, what is your number nine? My number nine is Mandy. A indie art house horror revenge psychedelic. I didn't see this, but this has Nick Cage in it, doesn't it? Brain killer of a film. Um, yeah, it's Nick actor Cage of all time. in a <laughs> really good, Performance by Nick Cage. I, he's, I mean, we all know the memes, um, but he does, he does an excellent job in this. Uh, Does not have a lot of lines, but what he does do, he does very well. Um, This movie's out there. It's not going to be for everyone. It's a little long and the pacing's a bit weird. Like the first maybe hour of this film is glacial. Like, it's just kind of establishing this relationship and all the characters, and it really takes its time, and it's being all artsy. And, you know, I liked everything I was seeing, but at a certain point I was like, okay, like, let's... uh, (laughs) Let's pick it up. Let's get the ball rolling. And then once the action does kick in, then it just guns it to the end. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think it's a little under-edited overall, Mm -hmm. if they could have found a way to chop out, like, potentially 20 to 30 minutes off of that first act. Um, It would have been a much more leaner, meaner film. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's out there. If you ever wanted to see Nick Cage um, get into a chainsaw fight with a redneck cultist, uh, this is the film for you.
0: You know, and the thing is, too, is that Nick Cage is still a phenomenal actor. He is still as talented yeah. as he ever was. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a couple of things. He just goes for it. He goes for it. And with mm-hmm. and with these roles that he's been doing lately, these smaller roles that are, like, direct-to-DVD schlock, uh, he claims he does them because they provide him more freedom to do whatever he wants in the movie. But I'm like, well, what's the point of having more freedom if no one is going to see your performances because they're all garbage movies that have, uh, like... F list actors on them who don't, who can't match your talent, but um, it, it, so he says it gives him more freedom. But there's also, of course, the this, the fact that he went bankrupt at one point. Yeah, and he's probably not looking, the best with his money. Yeah, apparently, and, and he's looking for the quickest paycheck is what I imagine what it is, and he's still trying to do that. So you I would know, love to see him go back to the A list actor that he still is probably A list, honestly. But yeah, yeah. I mean, he's so, he's Nick Cage. Yeah, um, he's famous.
1: So. Did you ever watch Community, the show Community? No. There's an episode, I don't know, maybe you know the episode where one of the characters, he's a big film buff, he takes this film course and kind of the central discussion of the semester or whatever is Nick Cage, is he the greatest actor or the worst actor? <laughs> and like the whole thing is like neither, right? Yeah. Um. I don't think he's a bad actor. I don't think he's the greatest actor, but I think he's maybe the most fearless actor. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he just goes for it. And sometimes... The director or the script just doesn't do him favors, but he goes a hundred percent in everything. Uh, so
0: he gives it he gives it all. He gives it all. And it it can sometimes he can ham it up and but sometimes yeah. it's it's sometimes you get what Mandy is. Uh, Tim, what was your number nine?
2: Uh <clears throat> my number nine was Bad Times at the El Royale. I uh, really enjoyed that film. Again, it was kind of a Quentin Tarantino esque uh, Film where you know you individualize the characters go into their backstories and then bring it all together for you know the finale uh very very well done um i mean we kind of went really deep into this earlier in the pot or earlier a few weeks ago jesus
3: what was (laughs) that it was my phone
2: um
1: (laughs) you were terrified it was a beer weren't you (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> Sorry. But no, I mean the the actors are very good. It's got a very strong cast. Um, you know, they played really well off each other. It's a very good story. Keeps you interested throughout the entire film. I don't think there's any Dull moments because it moves very quickly between the stories of the the actors and the characters. And so. it's
0: it's cool to see Chris Hemsworth have some fun too. Like I mean, it, yeah. it's not like he doesn't have fun in the other movies. He does, but it's it's cool to He's, see him have fun as a actor. He has a little bit
2: more range outside right. of you know Thor. Right. What you, you know, know him it's, as
0: it's fun to see him do that because like his Thor. I mean, he, you can't you can't really take him as a serious actor as Thor. So he takes him. It's a serious role here, and he gets to have yep. some fun being a serious actor.
1: My. My one, of my few issues with the film, I think actually, is him in it. Not that he does a bad job. I just think it was a miscasting. His star power. It's hard maybe. to yeah. buy like six foot, fifteen, super jacked Chris Hemsworth as like this hippie cult leader. It's like, is that dude really eating well enough to have all those muscles? <laughs> you know, it's. Uh... But it, he's such like a charming benign dude like he didn't feel threatening at all i don't know well yeah i
0: think he felt threatening because he was like he was charming but he's very sinister but i think the reason he for me it works as him being like this cultist type of leader whatnot is he's a youthful hippie and you can look back at like hippies back in the day and like they definitely weren't and a lot of them. They like, didn't look like Chris. Hemsworth. They weren't out of shape, but true. So I, I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if some of them actually had some, you know, I, body mass to them and were hippies. I,
2: I kind of agree with what Tanner's saying because uh, I mean, with Jeff Bridges up there, he's got he's very intimidating. You don't really feel any worry. Uh, Chris Hemsworth's stage presence doesn't really conflict with that, so you can't get any real fear out of him. Yeah. If they would have had someone who would be a good counterpart, where you're like, you know, maybe Jeff. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but um, maybe something in the end is going to be very wrong. Something's going mm-hmm. to turn out bad. Then it would have been a more compelling story.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, and now it's time for number eight. Number
1: eight. 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 It's great. Eight. Eight.
0: My number eight film. Hey, well, I was,
2: uh, why was was six afraid of seven?
0: No, My <laughs> number eight film is <laughs> A Quiet Place. A little ditty written and direct actually directed by John Krasinski, not written by John, uh, or maybe co-wrote it. But um, Quiet Place, it's a little little thriller, little horror movie from uh, our boy Jim Halpert, our boy John Krasinski, and his lovely bride Emily Blunt. Very very impactful horror film. Uh, it's not so terrifying that I, like you can't you know you 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 can't go to the theater and enjoy it if you're not too big of a, a horror fan, but. Um, it's, the performances in this for a horror movie are great. The story is really grounded. The characters have great chemistry. There is, it is as intense as it gets. Um, I mean, just heart pounding, thrilling scenes that you just are like, this is going to be terrible with, with what's going to happen. So, um, I, I, I love this movie. I think they did Everything I, I just—they just did everything so well, and and I love the little universe they built with the aliens, will coming to kill you if they hear anything, and seeing how they get about their everyday life with, without the ability to have noise and the different things they've invented and come up with, like the the cradle they came up with for the baby for when it cries. It's this incredibly, com- not even complex, but just really intense matted. Crib that they can close the door on, so the baby won't be heard yep. when it cries. Um, just these, this universe they built. Very intriguing universe. Characters were great. Uh, the monsters were terrifying. They didn't pull their punches right off the bat. The freaking little boy gets killed. Mm-hmm. I, I, to be honest with you, I thought, okay, the boy's gonna live. This is a John John Krasinski is gonna have this boy die, right. and he does not pull his punches. The boy dies. And it sets the tone for the rest of the movie. They're the characters here are in grave danger. This isn't some like we're gonna escape by the hair of our chuny chin chins. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a three little pigs reference. Tanner, what do you think of the movie? Any, any
1: thoughts? I haven't seen it, um, but I know stuff about it. I yeah. I did oh, not. Oh damn it! I, I just <laughs> totally spoiled it for you. I mean, they kind of show that scene in the trailers. I think. Yeah, but like
0: if you see it in the trailers, you gotta think, okay, well he's obviously gonna live. I They're not know.
1: gonna. Um, well, I I avoided going to go see it in oh. theaters, not because I didn't want to see it, but because I thought theater audiences Screamy. would just be loud yeah. in like a movie that's yeah. supposed to be quiet. Like no one's gonna respect the intent of the film. My
0: girl, my girl Paige, the girl, my girl Paige. She she brought the house down on some teenagers sitting next to her. I was well, good I, for her. I was like, oh my god, I love you so much because she these girls were like like talking and whatnot the entire time during the a quiet place where it's yeah. supposed to be dead quiet mm-hmm. and and Paige leans over to him and is like could you guys please stop talking and boom z- done and she was sitting right next to him and I was like oh that takes some balls. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's a uncomfortable sweat I'm getting if I have to confront someone sitting directly mm-hmm. to the right or left of me. So very proud of Paige for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they yeah. very true. Very true. You have those concerns that that's going to ruin the entire movie. Yeah. I luckily my theater behind besides those girls which Paige quickly shut up. Very well behaved.
2: Yeah. I I so when I watched it I rented it on Redbox. So I was able to watch it by myself with no distractions. Uh, Very well done with the way they play the silence and showing, you know, the different scenes of nature, how they're interacting, yeah. kind of living and surviving. Um, It was really interesting with the whole family aspect, you know, things, you know, like the teenage rebellion you wouldn't think would be happening in a post-apocalyptic uh, scene, but it was still kind of occurring where, you know, she, the daughter wants to do more, but they're holding her back and she kind of goes and... Does her own thing and it spirals from there. Um it is it was a really good movie, just the way, you know, sacrificing for your sam- family trying to survive.
0: Yeah. It was great. It's great. Um Tanner, what's your number uh eight of the year?
1: My number eight is blind spotting. Um blind spotting. Blind spotting. It's a uh I don't know, you might call it a, a drama. Um bu- 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 I'm
0: trying to think of this.
1: Yeah, kind of like a, a drama with some comedic elements. Uh it stars David Diggs and Raphael Casal C- Casal. I don't know how to pronounce that. Um but it's these these two friends in Oakland. Um and David Diggs' character is on like the last 3 days of his probation. Um so he's just kind of him trying to stay out of trouble, uh, get his life back together and um he witnesses a a police shooting. Um, his friend, played by Rafael Casal, um, is just kind of a a bad influence on him, and so he's he's trying not to get caught up in anything and just sort of the stresses of um, his situation. There are some comedic elements to it, um, and it's kind of cool. There's this there's this thing with with the two characters where you know, they're kind of hanging out and they'll start like doing a back and forth sort of freestyle a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, just about like whatever they were talking about, what they're looking at. And they do it a couple times in the film. But um, kind of the big climactic moment is Dev Diggs just goes on like this.
0: Wait, wait, don't spoil it for me because I'm going to watch this tonight, I think.
1: I'm not going to okay. spoil the context, but he goes on like this, like five minute, like, kind of um spoken word Mm. freestyle like rant at this character Mm -hmm. and like it sounds a little goofy like they show in the trailer and it's like what is this like (laughs) is this like a musical or something Mm. but it it works so well within the film it it hits um like i said the film's really funny it can also get deadly serious at times um it's about a whole range of stuff um of course being oakland um gentrification is a subject uh in the film um racism identity police brutality um it covers a whole bunch of stuff but it's an incredibly entertaining and emotionally impactful film
0: very good that's one i haven't seen so i think i might watch that i might watch that later uh later tonight tim what's your number eight uh
2: my number eight is beautiful boy uh again touched on it last week but it's a very very good film uh just focusing on you know the whole family aspect of you know my son is a drug addict how do I deal with this as well as dealing with you know the drug addicts perspective uh it's very well done Steve Carell does a fantastic job Timothy Chalamet does a great job as well um there's a lot of highs and lows no pun intended But, uh, you know, it's it's a good movie. It really it really grasps grasps your emotions uh, so you can kind of feel the, you know, the pain that the family's going through as they they see their their son, their beautiful boy, you know, as he he grew up being a happy
0: guy trying to
2: go through all these struggles and just being there for him.
0: Yeah, that's also on Amazon Prime, so definitely mm-hmm. uh, when I I want to stream very soon. So good, okay. Yeah. I was excited to hear that Steve Carell put a great performance in as yeah. always. I mean, yeah, it, he it's always har- does. It's hard for me too because some of the characters that he does, I feel like, uh, and I've done this. I've stopped watching The Office as much mm-hmm. as I used to because I wanted well, to respect Michael. uh Scott. <laughs> I wanted to respect Steve Carell more as uh, in his performances because when you watch The Office as much as I do. All you see him do is be a yeah. Michael Scott character. I mean, there's one time where he was screaming and sounded exactly like Michael Scott's <laughs> as he came out.
2: Yeah. No, 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 God, no! no. Yeah. yeah, I was I, like, "Oh, there I, go,
0: why am I Yeah, you just feel like cause some but, of the roles. You just feel like he's just because that's why he was so great as an actor for The Office because mm-hmm. like Michael Scott would do these very convincing, not convincing, but very stupid different characters, and he nails them. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. but good, good. Um, moving on to our number seven. Thank heaven. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank thank heaven, indeed. My number seven is Bad Times of the El Royale. I thought Bad Times of the El Royale was a great movie, thrilling, uh, lots of great... Uh,
1: Jeff Bridges gives a great performance in it. Yeah, Jeff Bridges... Moving, is, too. Yes. There was a scene towards the end that kind of... Got a
0: little misty eyed. Yeah, and I just love Jeff Bridges as an actor because he's just he has so much fun with everything he does, and um, he's such a laid back guy. But he's just he just it's very Tom Tom Hankish and 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 whatnot. I describe these guys as like guys who you could easily be your next door neighbors. You see them every day yeah. and they're just like, What do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a very, very qualified actor. It's like they treat like it's just like talking to you about your jobs. Like, what do you do? Oh, I'm a I'm a technical support engineer. They're like, Well, I'm an actor. It's it's they just are very human, yeah, and they take their role their job very
1: seriously. Mm-hmm. He's got um Jeff Bridges just has this sort of old Family friend kind yeah. of vibe about him. Oh yeah. yeah, he just seems like he'd be such a nice guy to speak to,
0: you know, to meet and everything. Yeah. Too he doesn't he doesn't take himself very seriously, mm-hmm. but but he he definitely loves to act, which is great. And I won't speak more on really a bad times the royale because it was in three of our top. It's all three of our top tens essentially. Um, but definitely go mm-hmm. check it out. It's very kind of noirish, but. Um, very, it, it takes place in the past, like I believe in the seventies or something, and uh, very interesting characters and very interesting plot as well. So definitely take a look at that. Uh, Bad Times at yeah, the Royale. Tanner, you're number seven.
1: Paddington Two. Oh boy! Ooh, uh, I'm excited. Nice. This probably the most delightful film of the year. Oh, absolutely! Um, First
0: film I saw this year.
1: That's cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did not mean for that to sound sarcastic. <laughs> that's cool. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, in the states, we got this in 2018, but it released in 2017 in the UK. But yeah. I'm counting it as a 2018. Absolutely, film. it's t- uh, go for it. Fight me. America's um, the only country that matters. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, it's just again. I I when I talked about this a couple weeks ago, um, a couple episodes, I guess. Uh, you know I, I i don't think it's quite as good as the first one overall um but it's still one of the better films that came out this year uh it's you know smiling the whole way through it is an absolute joy it's just it feels good to have a film that's just nice innocent it's nice. just nice no
0: commentary on anything there going is on.
1: but like in the sense that like the the film Paddington's worldview his mantra is um if we are i think it's if we're kind and polite mm-hmm. then the world will be right yeah that's this uh, film's that's the politics yep. of this film and yep. if you get offended at that and <laughs> yeah. i don't know what's wrong with you <laughs> exactly
0: and i'm not i'm not gonna speak more on it because i have it in a position on my list and i want to i definitely want to dive into that but,
1: but it's a essential viewing both paddington films
0: yeah absolutely absolutely Tim, what was your number seven?
1: Uh, my number seven
2: was Black Klansman.
0: Mm. I
2: thought they, I, I thought Spike Lee did a fantastic job uh, passing over a very touchy subject, while making it, you know, comedic and serious in different parts of the film. Uh, it's it's very good, very good performance by Adam Driver, um, and then uh,
0: Oscar nominated Adam Driver.
2: Oscar nominated Adam Driver. And then, uh, oh, what's his name? Denzel Washington's son uh, is it? Uh, uh, Washington Jr. Washington Jr. I did George not realize George Washington. George Washington. <laughs> um, I did not realize that was his son at the time. But I mean, a great, great overall performance. They, you know, really make you feel like it. John David Washington. John David Washington. Okay. Um, but overall, great performances by them all. Um, the way they present the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: very clean. You kind of feel like you know you're there. Yeah. Um, and there, there. I also appreciated the comedic tone they put throughout the movie because what was great is they made the Klansmen just look like absolute idiots yep. that they are, and it was amazing that mm-hmm. they they. I loved every bit of it, and it was yeah a great movie, great performances, great story. Mm-hmm. I, I will say I think maybe the end of that movie with like the real world bits was maybe a little heavy handed. Took
2: me. By surprise. Yeah,
0: I thought maybe he was a bit heavy-handed on that. but I agree. I mean, I understand what he was trying to go for. Uh, there's definitely c- cultural relevance this film has in today's uh, day and age. So, mm-hmm. unfortunately, unfortunately, it, it is still culturally re- re- relevant in today's times. Right.
1: Um, Tanner, do you see Black Klansman yet? I was going to watch it this weekend, but then my—I um, watched— like four movies this weekend. I didn't get to this one just because my sinus infection got the better of me mm-hmm. and I couldn't really sit through anything I th- by th- that point. So I think if there's a movie you should watch next, uh, it's
0: Black Klansman. Yeah. yeah. I think you'd really, really like it. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's our number seven. Moving on to our number six. 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 Six.
2: Six. Six.
0: Six. 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 Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is my number six film of the year. Uh, love, love, love this movie. I thought it was comedic. I thought the voice acting was spot on. I loved uh, the the animation style alone puts this in my top ten. If anything else was bad, if everything else was bad, this this probably lands in my top ten just because the animation is freaking beautiful and original. It's different. It's a much different look looking animated film then you're going to see that comes out of like all the other stuff like disney pixar pretty much has a very similar character or tone character design i feel like to a lot of their movies um so it's not it's a refreshing break uh it, that goes for a lot of studios but it's a refreshing break to see animation in this style it's gorgeous um it has a very uh impactful story about you know you know anyone being able to wear the suit anyone you know being able to be you know a hero per sorts of uh, of sorts for their uh, you know what for their own cause or whatever it's just a very very good movie very well done um, and I'm I'm very excited to see if uh, the sequels in, in this universe expand because it's mm-hmm. it's just a uh, a universe I cannot wait to see more of, and please, please, please give us a Spider-Man Noir film because that animation <laughs> and that, oh my gosh, that Shooting clip, Nazis. yeah, dude, that clip of of Spider Noir, oh, that was such is, a great little bit of animation there. Why, why is this cape blowing? There's no even, wind, there's not even wind. Down here. <laughs> Just yeah. The Rubik's cube, the, the Rubik's cube, yeah, yeah, yeah. The color, oh man, that was great. So hopefully we see we see more of that in the future, mm-hmm. uh, Tanner. um Any comments on Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse before we move on?
1: It might come up again. Yeah, I figured it's
0: gonna come up again. Okay, sure. Uh, So Tanner, what's your number six movie of the year?
1: Okay, uh, before I say this, I'm going to iterate or maybe reiterate that my top 10, the way I went about it, is not the, I think, the 10 best, objectively best films of 2018, but the 10 films that endeared themselves to me Mm -hmm. the most. Sure. Um,
0: that's what I think, that's what our list should be.
1: Yeah. yeah. So with that being said, uh, Avengers Infinity War comes in at number six. This is the first part and really a two-part climax to everything the MCU, Ooh, shit, I almost you know, spilled was... my water, <laughs> everything the MCU has been building towards. Um, and you know, I kind of lost excitement for Marvel films for yep. a little bit, like around the time... Um, I want to say maybe Doctor Strange came mm-hmm. out I was just I mean, like eh. I didn't even see yeah.
2: Black Pan- Panther
1: and Black yeah. Panther um <laughs> but but here's the thing the first avengers was one of the most satisfying film experiences mm-hmm. I've ever had like I remember just again uh, just smiling through the entire thing like this is so cool seeing all these characters from these different films like together on screen.
0: Done so well, too. And
1: Infinity War brought those feelings back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, everything's starting to come full circle. Is it more of an experience than a film? Kind of. Um, there's so many characters in it, and they don't all get like proper arcs. This is more of like. Again, it's very much like an event within the MCU rather than like a at this point a finished proper narrative. It will get there, I think. Um, but
0: yeah, I think it did an exceptional job for being a two-parter movie of making this movie feel worth watching. Again, a lot of the issues with a lot of two-parter movies that I only feel like honestly, uh, Harry Potter is only accomplished. Uh, they the the first part of the two-part finale being like a worthy actual movie and not just one giant trailer for a movie that's going to come next. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, it, it does conclude in a way. I mean, we obviously mm-hmm. know, I mean, end game is coming, but before that was even titled, um, you just watching infinity war when it ends, it's like, all right, that's, it can't end here. Right. Yeah. Um, right.
0: all these guys have announced
1: sequels. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's I, I I wish they would have held off on that, but you know, the Marvel and Disney money machines got to keep pumping, so they got to yep. let people know right away that we have and, more movies coming.
1: And you know, even then um while it did sort of rekindle my love for the MCU, it was more in a way that like I'm still pumped to see Endgame, but I would be fine if like Endgame was like the last Marvel film. Yeah. Like Let's put a little. Let's put a little period on this bad boy and, and you move know, on.
0: And you know that's
1: not going to be the case. Well, and they think, now own the X Men, and that's gonna. I mean, I do think Endgame is going to be the last we're going to see of Captain America and Iron Man. Yeah. Um. So, and I think kind of like we talked about with the DCEU earlier, Marvel sort of mentioned this with their post Endgame plans, not really focusing so much on. Um, these team-up films, but maybe playing a little looser with either just standalones or being able to combine smaller numbers of characters into standalone movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how um, Ragnarok, you know, yeah. had yeah. Hulk so heavily in it, or just Civil War was almost a mini Avengers movie itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So doing more things like that sure. would be cool. I could see that happening. Yeah. Absolutely. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh Tim, what's your uh, number 6 film of the year?
2: So, my number 6 was Ready Player 1. I interesting. Uh, no. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Wow. Uh I know I know a lot of a lot of people didn't like it. I loved that movie. Uh I as soon as it came out, I bought it, watched it 20 times within the first month. Uh
1: Really? 20? Yes,
2: okay. At least, yes. Uh I remember watching it every weekend. Every night I'd come home from work, I'd watch it. Uh sounds very sad. But some dude, I, just resonate I used to do that. Yeah, some the, movies, the movies just films. resonate with
0: you. The the movie I've seen Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift more times than I can count. Oh. Okay.
2: But anyways.
0: <laughs> uh, Have you?
2: Interesting. Okay. okay.
0: Number one guilty okay. pleasure film of all time. Dim. Sorry. Uh, anyways, uh, so
2: <laughs> I, I love Ready Player One because it brings back so much nostalgia from, you know, the 80s. I love the 80s. You have King Kong, uh, Jurassic Park, and...
1: Jurassic Park was 90s. Was it 90s? Yeah, 92, I think. Oh. The year I was born.
2: And then you have uh, Back to the Future. You know, just various films. What... What the fuck is this? Okay. <laughs> I think it's the trailer for Tokyo Grip.
1: Oh, oh geez. I remember oh, this song. Rip. Oh, my God. Okay, enough of that. Hey, respect, respect Tim's
0: list. I'm sorry, Tim. Continue. You know, it's fine. Continue. That's, Continue. You're you ready, player. That's, your...
2: that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard.
0: I'm sorry. Keep going. I'm sorry. I had Damn, to do that. Damn, dude. Uh, I had no. to do that. I had to do it. I'm sorry.
2: Is that your, is that your number five?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's no. on his list every, every year. <laughs> <laughs> and number five. Every single year. Coming in at number five uh, is a little 2006 film. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Furious Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Featuring the impeccable Sean Black.
2: But uh. it, It's kind of like, as, as Tanner said, it's not the... the <laughs> actual best movies, but the ones you most enjoyed. Uh I mean the acting isn't spectacular, but the story is, is very, very good. Uh I loved how it incorporates video games and various pop culture references in the past. Um I mean even the score it's, you know, reminiscent of Back to the Future. Little things like that. Uh the little cube that they had, I think that was from the director it was named after the director of Back to the Future uh Zemeckis Zemeckis cube. Yes. What are you laughing at, Max? <laughs>
1: just Zemeckis. Stupid sloth.
2: Oh god. Uh but yeah, and then, you know, the very scenes. I mean, my favorite scene is probably the scene in The Shining where, you know, you feel like you're at the hotel and you're just kind of, you know, reliving what The was Shining. That is Max was is laughing. At- Max I'm, is going I, off the I'm rails sorry, right man. now.
0: Put your phone on vibrate. <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: Hey, it's it's fine. Uh but yeah. yeah, so that's my number six. All
0: right. I will, I will <laughs> stomp it there. All right. <laughs> before, it goes in, before I ruin it even more. I'm sorry. Uh, all right, moving on to our number five movie of the year. And uh, coming in at number five for me, his black landsman uh absolutely loved this movie i loved the performances the story was uh gripping uh, didn't want to take your eyes off the screen it's just one of those drama comedies that you just really really enjoy I, I, i'm trying to think of other films that have this tone kind of like I, I suppose like social network kind of has this tone and and uh, um, the big short has this tone just this very um It's it's a drama, but we're going to throw some mix in these comedic bits uh, that really just, I don't know, I just love these type of movies, and it was great. Uh, Great story, and I I know we already talked about it, so I'm just going to kind of end it at that. Black Clams is my number five movie of the year, um, and Adam Driver was great in it. Uh, Tanner, what's your number five movie of the year?
1: My number five movie of the year is another movie that some might consider a 2017 film, but I'm going to go ahead and call it a 2018 film. Sure. The Death of Stalin. Mm. Um, Hilarious. Completely hilarious. It's it's a pitch black comedy. Um, you know, I wouldn't even say it's a satire, really, because, like, this stuff did happen. Um, but it's presented to really heighten how ridiculous... Um, this point in this culture's history was maybe um so as the title suggests if you're unfamiliar it's about the death of Stalin and his uh, underlings kind of scrambling to consolidate power and scheme against each other and um it's got a lot of uh great comedic actors in it like Steve Buscemi um, he's not purely a comedic actor. But uh Jeffrey Tambor, um, Michael Palin from uh Monty Python and the Holy Grail is in it. Mm-hmm. Kind oh. of a smaller role.
0: I actually added I just added this to my must watch list.
1: Um Jeremy Isaacs, the the Lucius, Malfoy, Lucius Malfoy Papa Malfoy is in Papa. it as um uh he's he's a great, great character in it. I mean these are all real people, right? But um it's just, uh, it's fascinating and disturbing and hilarious all all in once. Um, uh, I think that's all that's I have good. to say about yeah. it right now. Very good.
0: I, I haven't seen it, so I don't have anything to really add, but I did add it to my watch list. so It, definitely it had it. me in
1: tears in a couple moments.
0: I was laughing so hard. <laughs> well, great. I'm definitely going to have to see it now because that's the type of comedy I look for. Tim, what's your number five?
2: My number five is Mission Impossible Fallout.
0: Mm. Probably mm. my
2: favorite action movie of the year. Yeah. I mean there weren't very many, but yeah. uh I mean it's very good. Uh ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh my probably my top favorite Mission Impossible movie that they've released. Tom Cruise did a great job, brought back the cast. Uh very good story. Kept me, you know, enthralled the entire time. Um
0: yeah it's it's a great great film uh probably uh, it's definitely something i'm gonna talk about later a wink uh but it's very very good uh i very much very much care for this franchise and i think it's a great spot for it and now moving on to our number four four movie shut the door four shut the Shut the door. My number four is Vice, a little ditty called Vice. Uh, This is the film, of course, starring Amy Adams, uh, Christian Bale, Steve Carell, uh, various other actors and Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Um, And, you know, this movie critically didn't get as good of reviews as you'd think it would have, uh, but I just loved this movie. Incredibly interesting, an absolute must buy for me on Blu-ray. Christian Bale disappears into this role as Dick Cheney. Like you just don't even realize it's him. He is so 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 good as as the Dick Cheney character. You could tell he studied his everything, his those twitches, his his habits, everything, and um, was able to put in this Oscar, soon to be Oscar-winning performance. Because there's just no way, no way that anyone is going to outdo uh, what he did and and Vice, in my opinion. It was just that good. Um, it, it tells, really, the life story of Dick Cheney, which, to me, if you would have told me, hey, do you want to see this movie that's a life story of Dick Cheney? I would have said, that sounds like the most boring thing I've ever heard of in my life. But what you get is a almost like a Roman, Greek or Roman era, uh, rise to power type story in the modern age. And it is brilliantly done. I loved the pacing of it. You just see the, the steps and the stones that were placed... For Dick Cheney to get where he did, and also the things he did while he had that power, and it's terrifying to know that he has a daughter who is also on the Senate, is a part of the, is a member of Congress or something, uh, for Wyoming, and it is uh, terrifying to know that she has power now too. <laughs> when you watch this movie, because you're like, oh my God, if she has any, if she's anything like her dad, and has any influence or any, you know, if her dad's just whispering in her ear what to do next. That's kind of terrifying because he is a horrible, horrible person. Um, But what, what I loved, though, is the movie displayed this very firm contrast where you're like, you see Dick Cheney, the family man, and you see Dick Cheney, the politician. And there's times where you almost find yourself like, he's a good guy. You're rooting for him because he is a dedicated family man and he's a dedicated Republican and his daughter came out as a lesbian and the story behind the true story behind it is he he was very supportive of supportive of her he would not take a stance against uh, a gay marriage he uh, was not ashamed of his daughter and very much loved her um, so there's these little elements of him as a part of his family but then you see the politician side take over some parts of his family and it just, and then you see that he's like this terrible person. Um, it's, it's just a, an incredible film. It just, I, I, I can't really say enough about it other than just, you need to go watch it.
1: Uh, um, would you say, just cause I'm, I'm interested on your take from it. Um, yeah. Not that I have any hard feelings about it either way, but just uh, would you say it's depiction? Is it of Dick Cheney? Is it like, these are, just the facts, or is there like an obvious kind of bias in the way it's presented?
0: um well, they don't hide that there might be that people would perceive it to have a bias uh from from what I saw at all, like they start off the film with saying like literally the film says well, we fucking tried um, <laughs> <laughs> at the very beginning it says that in text it says like obviously some of this has to be kind of filled in and we did our very best to follow the facts. We fucking tried is literally what it says as at the beginning of the movie. That's funny. Yeah. So, um, and that's what I loved about it. Cause he's, he, I, I, Describe Adam McKay's style of this drama uh, director as like a very scrapbooky type of direction. He like does a random scene here that's a totally different tone, and then he does like this weird thing, like he rolls the credits in the middle of the movie, and then he has like these bits where he like has just people telling you what's really going on right now, mm-hmm. and, and he has this like bit, where Christian Bale and Amy Adams act out a scene from Shakespeare um, as Dick Cheney and uh, Lynn Cheney. And it's so bizarre, but it's so – I just loved it. I loved it. One, I loved it because you get to see Christian Bale and Amy Adams do Shakespeare, which is really cool to see these prolific actors do that, Mm -hmm. um, doing these things that would bring them back to their acting roots. Uh, but it, it's a great film, and I loved it. And I think it was as factual as possible. And they even comment that you're very concerned at the very end of the movie. They comment it, and there's like, I'll la- I'll leave it up to you to see it because
1: it's it's funny, but oh, you'll see. Sure. You'll I see. mean, I'm not like, again, like jumping to Dick Cheney's yeah. defense or anything. It's just why I brought that up, right? Is with how politically charged sure, the American sure. climate is right now. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I I think they did, yeah. I I think they did the very best they could um, to tell the most honest story possible. Um, And uh, it was, I just really liked it. And there's just this focus group that pops up throughout the movie and that's where you'll see like this bit that I'm talking about that kind of brings up is this biased or whatnot. So number four is Vice. Loved it, go see it.
1: Tanner, what's your number four? My number four we talked about already. uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Solid. This was a film that, I slept on, um, until the first trailer came out and then I was like, okay, like, I remember years ago, like, Sony's planning an animated Spider-Man film. It's like, all right, Uh, whatever. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's one of the best Spider-Man films made so far, um, arguably the best. Um, and kind of like you talked about, it's about being, it's sort of, there's sort of a meta quality to it in that. Uh, on a thematic level, it's 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 a Spider-Man film about what it means to be Spider-Man or what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man, and then, um, uh, by virtue of that, just what makes a hero a hero. It's kind of the central aspect of the film. Um, all the characters are great, uh, super endearing. Miles Morales, I think, is as a character is just going to be a very big um, thing in the culture going forward, maybe, hopefully, he deserves it, the way they uh, presented him in this film, at least, Um, which we talked about in our review, just, we were aware of Miles Morales as a character, but not like a household name. Yeah, definitely probably Um, not a character,
0: anyone outside of, like, you know, anyone outside of, like, nerds would know yeah but
1: uh great character great voice acting as you said um great action great animation it's just all around my my only real complaint with it was um as we said in our review just sometimes the backgrounds looked blurry and out of focus like an out Mm -hmm. of focus look which was did weird things to my eyes as i was watching it but it's not too bad but i just wish i wish that wasn't there it's also yeah. shocking how noticeable that was for a lot of people yeah every
0: single person i've talked to about that movie has brought up like yeah there's just like some parts i had thought that we were watching a 3d yeah. movie no yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah when i i said earlier um i don't think this was we were recording but my friend bren texted me mm-hmm. and same thing he's like yeah i thought maybe i walked into a 3d showing on accident which is like exactly how i felt yeah. like when I was watching it. I was
0: like, is it my, uh, it just, it, yeah, it, and hopefully they polish that up for like the Blu-ray release, Yeah, but, because uh, I think they were just trying to do something and then I think they probably would get some audience feedback like, okay, that didn't work the way we were thinking, so, um, yeah, that's Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, good stuff, Tanner. Um, Tim, what's your number four of the year?
2: Uh, My number four was also Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse.
0: Well, fantastic. All right, we're Yay! on to number three. <laughs> just uh, quick thoughts just, on that? Just
2: copy and paste everything Tanner said, paste it into me but no i i really enjoyed the paste film. it into you into yeah. you. <laughs> yes uh no i i really enjoyed it the anime the animation was fantastic yeah. i mean we haven't seen anything like that before the story was great it was an origin story without you realizing it was an origin story uh i i loved that part because you're not too caught up in you know how did he get these yeah. powers yeah they threw everything together did it very good job with that
0: yeah and i, I i've just uh, i don't think there's ever been a movie that i was like not really excited for at all that just beats you over the head with excitement after the first trailer because i was like oh my god the animation mm-hmm. on this is freaking gorgeous it's like i cannot like that was got me hyped up right just away.
1: that shot of him falling, falling upside mm-hmm. down into new york city's it's breathtaking it, yeah, for an animated yeah, film yeah, to have yeah. that kind of <laughs> composition yeah. it's you don't see that a lot in animation my other favorite scene is, it's thrilling
0: my other favorite yeah. scene in that tra- it's funny too that you can i can just recall these scenes from the trailer that's how like oh my god this is amazing it was uh that scene too of him standing next to the subway as it blazed by and his hoodie blows in the wind and yeah. I'm like that is freaking gorgeous so yeah that, no doubt if you haven't known from our podcast yet you need to see Into the spider verse you gotta go We're now into our top three, gentlemen. Oh, boy. It's coming down to it. Top three for me. It's coming down to it. And my number three, my number three film of the year is already been talked about, actually. And it is American Animals. Um Oh. I watched this, and uh, oh, it was, that was, it was Tim Tim's back. number 10. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think it was Tim's number 10. Tanner, like, you Max, don't, you you can't don't have it? About it. it? <laughs> On your list twice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I put it that I loved it so much, it's there number two Number one times. and number 10. Uh, very similar to <laughs> what Tim had to say. I think it was just a... Uh, the docu- blend of documentary and movie was so well done. The story is so super, super interesting, and and you understand the characters um, very, very well. But what was really... Uh, really was crazy to me is that these guys did something really bad but like you see as they as they interview the actual people who did it in real life who are still very young I mean they're like in their 30s or something and it's still very young the one thing that comes off is they're sincere like I like sincere regret these guys were not masterminds are they in prison? no they're not uh, they're not actually they're well actually, no. isn't one of them? Mm-mm. no they're all out of they're all out of prison okay um, uh, and uh yeah, they're all out of prison, um, living living lives, normal lives, and everything. Actually, but the thing that because the thing that came off well to me is that these guys are not masterminds. They're all dumb. They're very dumb to have done this. They're very they, they're stupid to have done something like that. It was terrible that they did what they did yeah. with with trying to rob these books and hurting that woman. But the one thing that comes across this entire documentary is their sincere, very sincere regret. Um, it's very, yeah. it's palpable. Like they, they're, mm-hmm. they're crying throughout it. And none of it comes off like, okay, buddy, hey, you're just trying to get me to feel sympathy for you. No, they legitimately feel terrible that they did this. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why did we do this? Very sincere regret. And it plays well into the movie. Um, cause the movie is comedic. Uh, the story is very interesting. The actors are great. Again, I'll mention Evan Peters is phenomenal in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just some really emotional bits in there too that you just like oh god it, it it's almost tough to watch because the the scene is so good um nothing like terribly terrible happens uh, so don't be you know expecting like don't don't be afraid of that but um it is it is uh, a very good movie and that's why it's my number 3 movie of the year American Animals great stuff great stuff um Tanner your number 3 movie of the year
1: so my number 3 uh another little preface here with my one, two, and three picks, like any one of them could be number one depending on my mood. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Um, so this is a little kind of wishy washy here. But so for the sake of the format, uh, number three, You Were Never Really Here, another quasi 2017 film that we're counting as a 2018 film, mm-hmm. starring Joaquin Phoenix. It's sort of like an art house noir. Um, very brutal very ethereal yeah um just this hypnotic out of control soundtrack um brutal kind of bare bones uh gritty gritty style to it um it's it feels like like the ghost of a film than mm-hmm. like a film proper, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, that's actually a great. The, way to the describe ghost of it. an action film. Like, you don't yeah, see any action you, like scenes. like you were never really here, existed twenty years ago, and died, and then this yeah. is the film's spirit kind of come yeah. back to haunt us. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's how it feels watching this. Yeah. Um, so that might put some people off. That, uh, like we mentioned, I this came up the last episode, I think. Um, but yep. you kind of have to work at it. Not that you have to invent things in your head to make things make sense, but it just doesn't spell everything out for you.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's a, but man, is it a, it's it's an interesting, very interesting take, uh, very interesting movie. Um, it's slow. It's it's a slower movie, mm-hmm. but it, it's the the story is there enough that keeps you interested. It's, the entire it's time. It's slow,
1: but it's so just it's hypnotic. Yeah. like,
0: and it's also not a ver- it's not a long film. It's an hour and a half. Um, so yeah. for a movie that's like that that is like that, it, it's good to be that length because you can just you can hang in there the entire time. And uh, it just uh, I would almost say it's like a character study. Uh, yeah, a, a very very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I I, I love that movie. Didn't didn't make my top ten, but I thought it was a very good one. So very good, very good stuff, Tanner. Uh, Tim, what do you got for your number three?
2: So. This, this movie kind of fell flat. It didn't get as many nominations as originally thought. Uh, my number three was First Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Interesting. Ryan Gosling is one of my favorite actors. I think he did a great job playing Neil Armstrong. And Claire Foy, um, she did a fantastic job as playing uh, Janet Armstrong as well. The story is about how Neil Armstrong goes from being a pilot into being an astronaut for NASA. Um, it's still the early stages of NASA where everyone's going through, you know, the trials. Uh, it really touches on the whole mental aspect that Neil had to go through where he's seeing his friends die during, you know, failed, failed, uh, you know, walkthroughs. Uh, there's a whole, I think it was Apollo 10, um, where they literally, his friends, the astronauts were stuck in the space shuttle or the, the rocket and they could not get out. And there's a fire that killed them. Mm. Um, it it goes really deep into all the struggles he had to deal with throughout his entire life. Um, earlier in the film, he had a daughter, Karen, who actually died of cancer. And so, you know, throughout that entire time, he is dealing through all of that, but yet still pushing forward, you know, trying to be the guy that, you know, takes america into space the first man to walk on the moon so it's a very beautiful story about all the struggles that someone went through but yet still accomplishes his goals is able to persevere uh don't doesn't let that hold him back um it's a very beautiful story um justin hervitz i think that's his name uh wrote a beautiful soundtrack uh all the songs are very very good um I would definitely recommend watching it. It's a lot, it's a slower movie just cause it progresses, um, at a much slower pace, but overall the payoff is very good.
1: Nice. I didn't get to see that one yet. I didn't either. And I kind of regret that. I feel like that's a movie I should have seen mm-hmm. on the big screen. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it's the, very,
0: well, it might be actually cause it's award season It actually might yeah. make its way back. It if might it be If it comes good back. Yeah. I'll go check it out. I'd
2: recommend okay. it. The sound editing is very good. Um, you can definitely feel the rocket
0: blasts. Nice. All of that. So very good. Very good. Um, okay. Um, now it's time for our top two. We're, 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 uh, we're getting to that point boys. Top two coming for you. Top two. You've got a rhyme and I've got a movie to talk about here. Uh, number two for me is mission impossible fallout. Um, I think this is the greatest a- action movie I have ever seen in my life. Uh, I think with how many Mission Apostles there's been now six, the fact that they could keep some, keep getting you to the edge of your st- seat, still believing, oh my God, Ethan Hunt is gonna die.
1: It's because um, Tom Cruise consistently almost dies. Making <laughs> he does, these yeah. he does,
0: and um, but they still keep it thrilling every single time and, mm-hmm. and they change up the tone here and there and the pacing here and there so you really just are on your toes like oh my god is this going to be the movie where something terrible terrible really happens and um, and it, it just keeps you on the edge of your seat the performances they, I mean the performances are good; they always are. But mm-hmm. because you have Simon Pegg and you have you know Tom Cruise and you have uh, what's Rebecca it? Ferguson, Rebecca Ferguson, yeah, and, and Henry Cavill was amazing in this. He's so good; he's such an underrated actor. Um, but what is really just great about this is the chemistry between the leads because they've been a team now for like four movies and mm-hmm. uh, three movies, four movies, and um, the chemistry between them is. Palpable, like you just you you just have a great time watching them on screen together and them working together, and it's it's just an absolute joy and a thrill thrill ride of a movie. I just heart pounding action, and they keep coming up with ways to just go bigger, and so. Uh, needless to say, I'm excited that Christopher McQuarrie is returning for uh, two back-to-back M- Mission Impossible movies. He obviously directed Fallout, and I think he directed uh, Rogue Nation as well. Um, it's going to be awesome. So, mm-hmm. uh, Mission Impossible: Fallout is my second favorite film of 2018. Um, any thoughts, guys, on that? I mean, you already mentioned. No, yeah, thing, so
2: it's yeah. it's a very good movie.
0: Yep. Tanner, your number two film of the year.
1: My number two is Annihilation. Um, very icky, cerebral sci-fi film, uh, starring Natalie Portman, uh, Tessa, Tessa Thompson. Mm -hmm. Um, that one person from that one show you were telling me about. Gina Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a gnarly, um, Mind bender of a film, just these truly warped, psychedelic kind of sequences. Uh, mm-hmm. it's the visuals, the soundtrack, especially the final kind of the climactic moment of the film, where just everything is just going nuts, and mm-hmm. like it's just, uh, it's a lot to take in. Um, it its themes aren't really hard to suss out i think the film generally um it's it's very on the nose about what it's about um but i think it's it's totally fine in this instance um i wish it uh i wish it got more of the recognition it deserved um Mm -hmm. i think it was completely snubbed out of all the oscars which again being a hard sci-fi film don't really get a lot of recognition with the awards but uh it's great.
2: Yeah. No, I I loved Annihilation. Uh I mean is 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 a it was a beautiful film the way they contrasted, you know, the the intense scenes uh with the soundtrack, the score. Uh and yeah, it it really messed with my mind for sure. <laughs> I mean, I read I read a review afterwards of, you know, what exactly did I just watch and I mean the details and the, the metaphors they had in there is 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 incredible um i i almost put it in my top 10 um it is you know very very good um just not quite there for me mm.
0: all right tim what's your number two
2: my number two is you were never really here
0: Ooh!
2: Yes, another.
0: I knew you were gonna put it there. Twenty
2: seventeen slash twenty eighteen. So I actually watched this movie by myself because no one else wanted to see it. So did I. Uh, but yeah, I mean, kind of everything we've we've already said. It's it's a it's a very very good movie. It's a it's a ghost of a movie where, you know, you're dealing with the aftermath of all those different acts that Joe has been doing throughout the film. Um, you know, it's it's very rough in parts, but it's, it's also very gentle, you know, how he interacts with the the people he's saving. Um it's it, it honestly I think this movie deserved to get a lot more recognition than it did. Um this is probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite performance by Joaquin Phoenix for uh, sure. He did a fantastic job even with the lack of lines he had, his facial expressions, yeah. the way he carried himself, um it was i mean it's just it was a very good movie the way you know and he, they and he, portrayed everything and the, the scenes were very very i guess beautiful yeah. I, I yeah i don't know it was just they did it really really well done
0: i love that he he wore a suit to to bury his mom in the lake yeah and and also simultaneously seemed like he was going to uh die right. there as well um but, and I also love just how fully he gets into the character because mm-hmm. he's obviously a method actor and he, you know, he gained weight and was, you know, kind of pudgy in this, but clearly yeah. like just brute force. And, um, yeah, it's, and it's the main reason I'm excited for the, the spinoff Joker movie. If it was anyone mm-hmm. other than Joaquin Phoenix, oh. I don't think there's a way I'm excited for yeah. that movie. If it's anyone other than Joaquin.
1: No way you'd be excited. I, I would say maybe really. Leonardo DiCaprio. It,
0: it, Oh, I mean, if there, there's other names, wasn't that talked
1: about at one yeah, point? Yeah, I think
0: there;
2: those were the final two.
0: Yeah, Leonardo. Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio was attached because uh, yeah. because uh, Martin Scorsese was going to produce, but he's no longer attached yeah. as a producer. But his agent or his like the head producer of his production company is attached as a producer of this. So there is rumors Leonardo DiCaprio was going to star in the movie, um, which would have been nuts. I think they were originally going for that, but. Um, yeah there's very i'll I'll restate that there's very few maybe like four or five if that actors that i would have been excited to see play joker in a standalone joker movie but yeah yep Uh, um so boys it's it's time it's time for our number one
1: do you want to really quick before revealing our number one kind of do our list again just real quick like yeah sure. count down to your number one and then, sure so it's just so those listening can remember that's good yeah. good idea good idea okay so for me starting at
0: number 10 i picked blockers number nine i went with leave no trace number eight i went with a quiet place number seven bad times at the el royale number six spider-man into the spider-verse number five black Clansman. Number four, Vice. Number three, American Animals. Number two, Mission Impossible Fallout. And number one, Paddington 2. Paddington 2 is my number one movie of 2018. Ironically, the very first movie I saw in 2018, January 2018. Cool. Er, early, cool. Damn it, Tanner. <laughs> it's, it was cool, okay? Um, I left that movie... With so much joy, so much happiness, um, just so much optimism, uh, leaving that theater. And if a theater makes you feel power, feel emotions in a very powerful way, whatever those emotions are, typically that means really good things. And Paddington gave me the utmost joy leaving the theater. It was um, just—I mean, the Paddington is adorable and just a lovable, lovable character incredibly optimistic just you just love to you just love him you love him the family is a great cast of characters uh, a, a very uh very good great chemistry between them as a family you believe this as a family you believe they've adopted this bear as their uh as their own as their own in the uh in their family uh the villain of this thing Hugh uh Hugh Grant who
1: uh, he's, he's so good in he, this. He's so good
0: Hugh Grant's a classic He's a He's a classically trained actor And it's great to see him Get back in there In, in the big movies And he's great in this He's a hilarious Comical Villain and and you just love him. He just love him.
1: You can you can tell Hugh Grant's just having the time of his life <laughs> he's, he's playing this He's having so character. much
0: fun. Yeah, his character and of course his character is an actor. Yeah. And so he gets to do all these different types of characters in the movie. Uh, so it was it was so it was so good. He was a great villain. Um, very and I've said this before, but very Wes Anderson and and the cinematography of it, which I just loved. Um, bright colors, uh, great shots great framing uh, it just pulls you into the movie even more and it's something that i've never seen in a movie of this type a, a kid's movie does not usually get this great of cinematography but it, it they really focused in on the quality of the film with that and i appreciated it t- entirely and the story is so good it's it's just this the story with many life lessons and morals in it to to follow and and the the shining star of it being Paddington the epitome of good though he messes up though he makes mistakes being this guy who just keeps going keep picking himself up and of course just being incredibly adorable along the way uh and uh, the thing i loved most is <laughs> during this movie I was watching it with my girlfriend and we looked at each other multiple times in very climactic scenes where the characters look like they might die or something. Of course, they're not going to die because it's a kids movie, but we would look at each other in these scenes that are supposed to be emotional and pretend to cry. We, you know, we just just jokingly pretend to cry because we know it's just, you know, kids movie shenanigans that they're going to be okay. But at the very end of this movie, there's a scene so touching to me that I just started crying in theaters. It was so touching. So well done, uh, and it just, yeah, it's just wonderful. A wonderful, wonderful movie. My favorite movie of 2018, Paddington 2. Again, as Tanner said earlier, you have to watch Paddington 1 as well. It's a great little bundle of films, and I cannot wait for soon to be. I'm sure Paddington 3 has got to be in the works because this thing is just amazing. So that is Paddington 2, my number one movie of 2018.
1: Tanner. It's your turn, buddy. Okay. Counting back down, number 10, Overlord. Number nine, Mandy. Number eight, Blindspotting. Number seven, Paddington 2. Number six, Avengers Affinity War. Number five, The Death of Stalin. Number four, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Number three, You Were Never Really Here. Number two, Annihilation. And number one, Hereditary. Oh! That scared me pound for pound (laughs) the heaviest hitter on this list Oh my! the heaviest hitter of any film that came out this year it is visceral it is emotionally nauseating i can't i've never felt more uncomfortable watching a film in my adult life (laughs) um but i think that's a great thing because it was clearly intentional and it succeeded it's not schlocky it's not exploitative it's just here's this horrible subject matter we're gonna get into you're gonna see all of it and it's gonna ruin your day Uh, but just beyond Uh, that i mean it it's it is a horror film but it's definitely transcends the the genre um uh, about reputation there's great performances in it Tony Colette as uh the the mother the um uh, Annie is the character's name uh just this insane insane performance by her I, I think it's a real shame she was snubbed by the academy for uh you know best uh best leading actress because she she uh she she fuck she'll fuck you up yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah just it's it's nuts this movie's completely bonkers um
0: it that movie it's it's so
1: extreme that you're either going to you know have this horrible um kind of disturbed outcome from it or you could just like be like, "This is too nuts. Like, I can't handle this at all." Kind of wow. laugh it off, kind of thing. The movie is um, the movie is one hundred percent bleak. There's not a <laughs>
0: ray of sunshine in the entire movie. Uh, that is uh, leaves you with your jaw literally on the floor uh, at the end of the movie because you're just staring agape at the screen, like, "Holy!" God, your skin is crawling, it is vicious, it is unforgiving, it is unrelenting, it is violent, it is cruel, <laughs> it's everything. It is everything. I'm shocked you went there to put it as your number one. Yeah, dude,
1: no, no other film has really um caught me this off guard and just stayed in my imagination. I thought about this film for weeks and weeks after seeing it. It stuck Jeez. with me.
0: Well, that is, uh, well, I can't, I, I mean, it's, it's definitely a, an, a, a film that resonates emotionally on all the wrong emotions that you never want to feel, but man, it, it is a powerful horror movie, and uh, if you go watch it, buckle up and be, probably be an experienced horror movie watcher of some it's, sort. Uh,
1: best, best seance scene in a horror film which might be a weird thing to say, but you know, so many horror films have like, you know, they're all sitting at a table holding hands and yeah, trying to, Oof. you know, some of the ghosts, but the way this film tackles it, it, in the way, um, Tony Collette's character kind of reacts to everything. It feels so natural and believable. And that scene alone kind of, it's a little funny at times and then it gets really messed up. Yeah. It's yeah. I,
0: I don't want to spoil it. Um, but man, yeah, that the the how much effort it's just something very disturbing about how much effort an actress puts into a, a film, how prominent the character is in a movie, and how what happens to her happens is ugh, ugh. I don't even want to think about it. Tanner's number one is hereditary. And finally, Tim, what is your number one movie of twenty eighteen? So my number ten
2: was American Animals. Number nine, bad times at the El Royale. Number eight, beautiful animal or beautiful boy.
1: Beautiful animal animal. Beautiful animals. Beautiful animals. At the
2: El Royale. Uh, number seven, Black Klansman. Number six, ready player one. Number five, Mission Impossible Fallout. Number four, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Number three, First Man. Number two, You Were Never Really Here and my number one oh, gee I wonder what this is. I have been oh, waiting. Yeah.
0: What is this going to be?
2: 10 episodes Black Panther. to talk about. <laughs> Roma. I'm just oh, kidding. <laughs> what
0: what a twist. Uh
2: Christopher Robin.
0: It's finally your time it's, take it's it away. It's finally
2: my time to talk about this movie. The mic is yours. Uh you you've so, got 5
0: minutes.
3: Yeah. It's,
2: we're we're going to need longer than that. There's been very few movies where I've teared up during, you know, Interstellar during the scene where he's seeing his, wow, okay, Marf. the the scene where he's he's watching his kids grow up right in front yeah. of his right in front of his eyes. Uh, Swiss Army Man, I teared up during that just because is it is a very, very good story, uh, about, you know, someone finding a friend and kind of, you know, I
1: don't yeah, that movie not to get on that subject but took me by surprise. I I agree. Yeah.
2: It was I did not really expect much from it, but anyways, Christopher Robin had me in tears throughout almost the entire movie. Uh one, I mean Winnie the Pooh, who does not love Pooh? Pooh is better than Paddington, I will say. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh yes. What did so, you just
1: say? It's like we
0: got a bear We've, fight on yes, our Yes, we got a bear fight. This town ain't big enough where the dude was.
2: But, I mean, it, so this, the story of the movie is, at the beginning, you see Christopher Robin as a kid. He is leaving his friends of Hundred Acre Wood, uh, going to boarding school. So, you know, he they're having a goodbye party. It's very touching. Uh, he leaves. He's like, you know, poo, I'll never forget you. I'll never forget my friends. Um he then grows up, completely forgets them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? what you said, I'll never forget my friends, <laughs> grows up, completely forgets him. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. But it it it's a story one about, you know, a grown man kinda, you know, retouching with his roots, um, you know, going back to what made him happiest. Uh just escaping the real world of, you know, being an adult, going to your job, working many hours throughout the week and not having any time for your family, any free time, all of that. Um as well as it touches on, you know, the whole character aspect of, you know, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Eeyore where, you know, they have their shortcomings but yet they still find happiness even though they're they're aware of what they're not good at. Um I mean Pooh acknowledges many times throughout the film that he's not smart um, he's a, as I said a, a bear of little brain but yet he still finds the good in everyone he still finds happiness and what makes him happy throughout the film so it's a whole story about Christopher Robin you know finding his roots again finding his family and becoming friends with his you know longtime friends it's it's a very beautiful story um, honestly I was extremely surprised that I enjoyed it so much it was very touching um i would have never expected it to be my number 1 on my top 10 list but you know it's it's an incredible story it's it's definitely worth a watch i would highly recommend it and honestly i'm slightly offended because i have recommended it to many friends <laughs> and no one has yet watched it
1: i i did not um have winnie the pooh in my childhood uh, Wasn't a thing for me, but I do admit when I saw the trailer for this film, I kind of was like, "Oh, this looks like yeah, this actually I, looks good. Yeah. Like I could see myself getting emotional." Yes, it, it it
3: it
2: it's such a a good story though. I mean, yeah, it you, you guys have to watch it, I and will. listeners, I will. you have no to doubt. watch it. No doubt, I will. I don't, I don't know. Hey, I, I, I will. If you will, I, I promise, I will. But. I've watched it multiple times each time I've cried. It's you know, it's hard to admit
0: that, but it's a it's a good movie. Two bear movies, two crying boys. Ooh,
1: three, bear movie. three bear movies. Three bear movies. Look at
2: all of us, we're just crying. Oh
0: yeah. Annihilation. 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 Yeah. One scary boy, two cuddly two boys, two good boys. Two good boys. So that's going to do it. That's going to be our first podcast event podcast ending right here. The top 10 of 2018 oh, wait, for in Oh, Mexican I wasn't group. done with Christopher Robin. Oh, you're done. <laughs> we're, getting, you're getting, we're rolling. The, oh. We're playing the music.
1: Did you uh, see all the movies? Because uh, this was before we started the podcast, but me and you on Letterboxd would share like our most anticipated mm-hmm. of the year lists, yeah. and we talked about our most anticipated for 2019, Yeah, but... Did you see all your most anticipated for 2018? I didn't make it most anticipated for 2018. You didn't. I forgot. Oh. I need to make sure I make a
0: list for my 2019 because uh, that's a very nice contrast. Compare and contrast there. So. Yeah.
1: What's interesting, I was looking at the two and not a lot of crossover made it yeah. to my top ten. Yeah, it's funny how that works. Man. Um, like Incredibles two and Ant Man and the Wasp were both on there. Yeah. I've. I know you. You guys maybe liked Incredibles 2. Um, it was good, but not as good as the first. I was severely disappointed with yeah. it. And Ant-Man and the Wasp is probably the most forgettable Marvel film since the second Thor. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. But yeah.
0: I, I need to make sure I do that. There,
1: there were a lot of pleasant surprises mm-hmm. this year, yeah. and in other right. some people say 2018 wasn't the greatest year for films it seems like these even number years are yeah. kind of yeah. tricky yeah. to get through <laughs> and they really are uh but there are there's are some sleeper hits in there mm-hmm. yep
0: lots of them lots of them to watch uh hopefully you got a lot of great like recommendations out of these movies out of this li- these lists that you haven't seen before because yeah, 2018 may have been a little rough, but there is some really great gems in there, as Tanner was saying. So definitely yep. uh, check those out. Um, I want to say again, for to, uh, be sure to tune in for next week's podcast because we're going to have a great discussion. We're going to have a guest call in about the Sundance Film Festival, talk about some films we need to look out from there. Uh, we're going to also have a new Force Vision next week uh, discussing the v- various different Star Wars news that has come about. And on top of that, we'll have a brand new The Common Room. I know we took a month hiatus from that. Wasn't too much to talk about but i think we have a couple cool little things we're to discuss on the common room so you can expect a a a myriad of new cinematic content coming next week we're going to skip force force vision this week to focus on this top 10 because i was very excited about that um as always, you can follow us at Pod on Instagram, Cinematic on Twitter, and you can also email us at Cinemaxticpod at gmail.com. Any questions or uh, topics you want us to cover, we have several for Force Vision that we're going to do next week that we're very excited to get to, so be sure to hit up those places if you want us to discuss anything. Um, uh, I think that's pretty much going to do it today. Uh,
1: Tanner, where can the people find you? You can find me at Danger Rush at Instagram and Letterboxd. I oh, changed, it. changed oh. my handle finally. Isn't that so easy? Isn't yeah. that much easier? let nice. Let's Let's go. Go. I didn't even have to remember my password. I just, you just did just it. did it. Good stuff. Tim, right.
0: where can the people find you?
1: Uh, they can find me at
2: Tim
0: Trist on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. And as always, I'm your host, Max Fozzie, Max Liedem, Max Daddy Long Legs, Max, uh, you can find me at Max (laughs) Fozzie on Instagram, (laughs) Twitter, and Letterboxd as well. Uh, Be sure to smash that follow button. Be sure to subscribe. And as always, guys, the best way to grow this podcast, the best way to get it better is to share with your friends, share with your family, share with your movie lovers. We'd love to have them as a listener. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening. That was our top 10 of 2018. We look forward to seeing you next week, and I hope you really enjoy your Friday and weekend coming up. Uh, yeah. yeah. This is uh, Max. Yeah. <laughs> this is Max signing off. Bye. Bye, Bye Max. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.